When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week on Bigfoot Collectors Club, The Other Side, it's an all-new Minifoot episode featuring the return of Bryce's secret stash. We call Bullshit or Believe It on a few paranormal videos, respond to listener comments, share our recommendations in the Collectors Corner, and more. Available exclusively on The Other Side, the parallel dimension of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Visit patreon.com slash Club for more info. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And unfortunately, sitting out today's recording, but he'll be back in, in uh, phantom form, doing music for you later this episode, uh, Mr. Riley Bray, our super producer. Uh, is with us in spirit, but fear not, friends, because we have an amazing show tonight. I want to get straight into introducing our guest. He is a writer, a comedian, and a podcaster. He's the co-host of My Brother, My Brother and Me, and Schmanners. He is also the co-author of the best-selling graphic novel series based on another one of his podcasts, The Adventure Zone. Please, 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 boys and girls, Give a warm Club Scout salute to Travis McElroy. Yay! Hi. Hi, everybody. Hey. It's me, Travis McElroy. I want to say hi to boys and girls and everybody else. <laughs> I Who's everybody? everybody. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, welcome to the virtual clubhouse, Travis. Hey, it's so nice to be here. I love what you've done with the place. Thank you. Uh, I like all the weird decorations. Um, I'm a little bit threatened by some of them, but in a in a good way. I oh, feel you like don't... you're actually psychically in our old clubhouse because you described yeah. it perfectly. Yes, I find it. Uh, yes, yeah, psychically, I find it psychically uh, intriguing, psychically unpleasant, perhaps. Uh, but I like it. I like it. It's putting me on edge. A heightened sense of preparedness. Uh, I'm <laughs> ready for whatever comes. Which is disturbing you more, all of our books on witchcraft or the seven-foot stuffed Yeti? Well, the one that's really throwing me is the stuffed head that appears to be my head mounted on the wall. Oh, that we, we one, have, yeah. We have one of those made up for all of our guests. Oh, what that? Uh, I don't know. Does that make it better or worse? Well, At least we didn't turn it into like a talking the rest of eternity. No, I'd rather have that. That I get. I get a big mouth Billy Bass. You know what I mean? Like, I understand a big mouth Billy Bass on a very deep level. But I'm worried that my own head is going to start talking to me like I was, like, at the Tiki Room in Disney World. You know what I mean? It's going to sing me a song. Is it going to do that? 
Our mounted heads only communicate telepathically, so don't worry about it. That Travis. explains the screaming. <laughs> okay. It's you from the future. It's fine. Oh, it's all going to work out okay. Okay. Well, you should have just said that. I get that. <laughs> I've read the so, internet. You're a, you're a Dungeons and Dragons player, yes? I mean, you yeah. have a whole... hypothetically, yeah. Hypothetically. Now, are you a... Forgive me. Are you a dungeon master, or, or do you just play? I am currently uh, dungeon mastering, DMing uh, our current season. Uh, I was player for the first couple, uh, and and this is my first full on uh, uh, season of dungeon mastering. Nice. And wh- where did you grow up? So I grew up in uh, West Virginia, Huntington, West Virginia. Um, it's uh, near the intersection of like Kentucky and West Virginia and Ohio. Uh, so I, I lived there for the first 18 years of my life. Then I went to college at the University of Oklahoma in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, and then moved back to Huntington for a couple of years. Then I moved to Cincinnati for about five years. Then my wife and I moved to Los Angeles for two years. And now I've been living back in Cincinnati for the last four. Gotcha. You got out just in time. Let me tell you. It's uh, you can do everything you need to do from where you're at in Cincinnati and you're not stuck in a giant metropolitan area during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was a pretty good call. You know, listen, I have a lot of friends still in L.A. And if you're still there uh, and you're listening, I love you very much. Please be safe. But I like it here. <laughs> I'm wondering, growing up in West Virginia, was playing Dungeons and Dragons considered satanic? Um, You know, here's the honest truth. I didn't start playing Dungeons and Dragons until I was 23. Uh, so I'm willing. I grew up uh, Southern Baptist uh, mm. in the Southern Baptist Church, by which I mean, like, we went. You know what I mean? Like, right. there was a time where I thought about becoming a pastor, uh, but it later I realized is I just like the attention. Um, <laughs> a lot of people looking at you, and you got to talk, and everyone had to go, oh, amen. And, like, that felt good. It had nothing to do, I in retrospect, with belief. Um and I, I don't remember. I everything was satanic at that point. Um, I don't think it was specific. I think like MTV's The Grind was very satanic. Yeah, um, you know there was a lot of that. Yeah, 1985 um, through about 1992 is generally satanic. Those yeah, those are Satan years. Yeah, yeah Th- those-, those were prime Satan territory right there. <laughs> Pretty much for me, it was um, anybody who, if you said, oh, I'm a Christian, and they scoffed in any way, that's Satan. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of that. There was a lot of in my church like being prepared all the time to have to defend your faith, a thing that never happened to me ever. <laughs> right. Def- defending your faith. Yeah, like that, uh, that, it, there was a story told. This was, oh, this is so dark. I don't know if I can curse on your podcast, but it's yeah, it's, you're allowed. Yeah, please. It's fucking dork. Whereas, like, we were told, like, I think the same story over and over again. Now, in retrospect, of like, especially during like, tra- okay, content warning for like gun violence, but like, uh, for like school shootings, um, that like that story of like the girl who the person could put their gun to the head and like, are you a Christian? If you're a Christian, I'm going to kill you. And like (laughs) having the bravery to like say yes and take that. And now I, as a parent, I'm like, that's fucking terrible advice to give a kid that if, if my kid is ever in that position, I want you to say whatever the fuck you have to, to get out of there, to get home to me, buddy. 
Um, anywho, so uh, that was pretty satanic in retrospect, but I think that that was just because they were uh, bad at it. They were doing yes. telling me the wrong thing. Yeah, I I f- figure more practical advice would be to like how to prevent you know demonic possession because that's what yeah. I was always scared about. I was like the devil, the devil's just an invisible force that can jump in my body whenever he wants to. Well, that that was it was a lot of that of like, oh, did you have uh like an enjoyment of something? That's the devil. You know what I mean? Of like, oh, you're you're oh, you enjoyed that too much. Clearly, that is of the devil. You might a oh, you you said a dirty word. Oh no, the devil got all up in there. You, you know what I mean? uh, you snuck downstairs and watched NYPD Blue. We know it was the devil right. behind that. Right? Oh no, that's the, oh, the that's the devil the right guy. there. Oh, you forgot to take the garbage out. Oh, uh, devil. That is, it's interesting because now I'm a big fan of uh, the show Lucifer. And I think about all the time, like, where he will just be like, I'm the devil. And people are like, okay, whatever. And I think about that now of like all the people I went to church with, that if I ever actually had been possessed by either a demon or if I'm, you know, if I'm lucky, the devil, can you imagine just starstruck, um, like being possessed <laughs> I mean, by the devil and be like, I no, I actually am possessed by the devil. And they're like, oh, sure you are. But you do need to stop doing that thing. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm actually possessed by the devil. And they're like, okay, whatever. Sure you are. Okay, whatever. You think the pastor got a lot of attention. Wait till you walk down the aisle uh, possessed by Beelzebub. I'm saying, right? That's, That's a real huge. showstopper. That's like the third biggest figure in the Bible. You know what I mean? It's like God, Jesus, and I don't think they're possessing anybody. And then the devil. Yeah, that's huge, right? Yeah, he's, the, he's the Darth Vader of, of religion. You, you know, at least Absolutely. the Christian religion. Absolutely. I'm it, so glad they wrote him in. You know what I mean? It would have been so pretty milk toast without uh, the devil in there. You know what I mean? You know, it's really, it always, Bryce, I think you know what I'm talking about. You know the 501st, the Stormtrooper Legion that does all this charity work? Uh Yeah. We've met, we've met some of them actually doing conventions and stuff. They're great guys and they create their own Stormtrooper costumes. But it always struck me as so odd. It's like, why are Stormtroopers visiting children in the hospital? They're the bad guys. Like, that would be like if someone came to a children's hospital dressed as Satan. You know, like, why is Darth Vader showing up to cheer the kids up? I would love that. Luke Skywalker? No, look, look, so there's there's a whole, you know, my brother grew up loving all the dark, the bad guys. He was a Darth Vader fan. So a lot of kids out there, they want the Stormtroopers. They want Darth Vader. They want Satan. Here's yeah, the, the, I, I learned this playing Knights of the Old Republic a long time ago. The Sith, oh, and by extension, I assume uh, the Stormtroopers. But the Sith have all the cool powers, and the mm-hmm. Jedi's powers are really lame. So, like, who doesn't want to shoot lightning out of their fingers, right? Oh, like, oh, yeah. cool, dude, you jumped good. <laughs> the same the same is good in, like, <laughs> acting, right? So it's like, you know, when you play, like, a good guy, like a charming, sweet guy, it's, like, fucking boring. But right. when you actually get to play, like, a bad guy or something or or a creep or, a, you know, it, it's so much more fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, I, uh, those are my favorite parts of it. Whenever I, I, I don't act anymore, but when I used to act, when I used to trod the boards, uh, <laughs> playing the villain is always the best. It's Agreed. always more fun, right? Because like you get to be a little bit bigger, and everyone's like, I get it. You yeah. know what I mean? 
Absolutely. I think the Christian church can take a lesson. A little more Satan in your Sunday service. Thank more you. asses but in the seats. The the problem is is they always do the Satan like uh like big scare. There's no where's the sexy? Where's a little bit of the temptation, right? It's always just like he's this evil devil. And I never thought that was the case. I always, even like when I was a kid, always thought that if there was a devil, it'd be way more like the devil than Lucifer. Where it's just like, well, he's fun, right? He's going to show us, like, he's fun to hang around with. He's not going to be scary and evil, because then, of course, you're going to hang out with Jesus, right? Like, no choice. He's going to be like that. He's going to be like Ethan Hawke in Boyhood. He's going to be like the dad, the estranged dad who shows up every couple years and takes you you firecrackers or some shit, right? Like that's that's Satan. He's not like looming over you with like fire spitting up from it. He's just like, well, okay, you're 19, but you can have a beer. That's that would be Satan, right? Like where Jesus is like, I know you're 21, but do you really want to drink? Like that's Jesus. Right. And I'm just saying that like this resisting temptation is not being poked with a big fork and being told to say a dirty word. It's like, Hey, no one's around. God, let me have my beer. Jesus. You're killing my buzz. Right. This is my dad. He hasn't been around in five years. I'm 21 now. Jesus get off my back. I'm just saying, this is what the Baptist church is afraid to tell you. Maybe Satan is uh, kind of fun. Right, maybe he's kind of fun. I'm not saying that he always leads you to the best choices, but maybe he's kind of fun. Hey. And besides, you know what? That's on you. Right. You decide at the end of the day what you're putting in and out. Thank of your body. you. Maybe you know Jesus I mean? is a sometimes food. You know what I mean? You can hang out. <laughs> you can hang out with Jesus a little bit. You can hang out with Satan a little bit, right? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, make good choices. You know, all things in moderation, including Satanism. Thank you. So we have a question we like to ask all of our guests, Travis. That went way off the rail. I hope no one listened <laughs> no, to that. It's like, what no, is Travis advocating for? I have no idea what side Travis is on here. I don't either. It's fine. October's creeping up. We can get into the. Oh. We're getting into the scary stuff. Uh, what is your personal paranormal history? Did you grow up believing in ghosts and UFOs? Have you ever had a Bigfoot encounter? Is there anything that you could go that was weird and I cannot explain it? So I will tell you real, and I will also tell you funny, because we'll that's take, the kind we'll of person take, I am. You just captured the spirit of this podcast. I mean, that's us. So I. This is. Ugh, I'm going to pull back the curtain here and be real. Be real with you folks. Uh, I So I grew up, and I still have, uh, but I grew up with a super overactive imagination. So I was, like, afraid of everything. Um, you know, every, like, sound of my house settling or, like, wind outside or whatever. And I would be awake for, like, hours. Um, and so... I could talk myself into anything when I was like nine years old and being afraid of, you know? Um, And a lot of that was like, I, you know, I'd be outside like taking the garbage out at like, you know, 8 PM, 9 PM after dark and think like, wouldn't it be scary if I turned around and there was a vampire there. And as soon as I would think that it would be like, well, now that's definitely going to (laughs) happen. Right. I completely relate. Um, And so as I got older, uh, oh, also, I should, growing up, I I was very interested in like cryptids, um, and uh, specifically the Loch Ness monster. I have a Loch Ness monster tattoo. 
Oh wow! Uh, wow, yes. a lot of Loch Ness love on the podcast yes. recently. I mean, hey, we 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 built this podcast on love for the Loch Ness monster, so that's great. Um, Can and you- and so that was a thing, and and also I just liked uh all the kind of like mythology and stories around them. That that was, I think, the part that I was most interested in. This uh, might sound a little awkward, but. Would you mind sending us a photo of that tattoo? That oh, sure. We can look no problem at. with me. Um, I I actually, I grew up, uh, I, when I was 10, my parents let me get a dog and I got a Scottish Terrier and I named her Nessie. Um, uh, yes. So I got the tattoo when she passed away. Uh, so I'm very proud of it. Um, I've always wanted, I always wanted a Loch Ness Monster and I always wanted a Scottish Terrier. You were living my dream there childhood. Go. There you go. <laughs> um, and so when I got older... I kind of wanted to not embrace it, but kind of like work through, work pat, like push through, I guess, being afraid all the time. And so uh, one of the things that my friends and I would do from time to time is go explore like really old abandoned buildings and go ghost hunting. Oh, great. Um, And I, I now... Uh, as an adult, do not believe in ghosts uh, only because one, the, like, if you watch enough, like not even the like ghost hunting TV shows, but more like the most haunted hotels, like it's always the same four stories. Like, and there was a little girl standing at the top of the stairs. It's like always the exact same set and she'll move down the hallway when it's always like exactly the same stories there's never just like uh yeah he's sitting in my car right now like there's never an interesting variation on it it's always the same you know corner of your eye uh shit and so i i think that if there were ghosts that you could see that existed on our plane or whatever then i think uh we would have documented it in some way by now but well, we've proved ghosts exist on this podcast, but that's <laughs> well, there you go. Well, now I just we, look like a fool. <laughs> no, but I do know what you mean because it does seem like okay, if we're getting enough of these common occurrences, <laughs> maybe it's just the brain. I want to see some like Ghostbusters ghosts. Like, I want to see a ghost that's like driving a taxi, thank you, you know, through a department store. Yes, you know, I want to see like you know, I want to see Slimer eating hot dogs, like a giant, you know, like some giant monster ghost. Like, right. why don't we get those? Thank you guys you. aren't watching uh, Paranormal Caught on Camera, I take it. Oh, my God. Those, I, because there's ugh. tons of ghosts on there. Do you guys remember when the History Channel and the Travel Channel and the Science Channel used to have history and travel and science? <laughs> like, yeah, so It boring. used to only be in October that right. it would be, like, ghost stories and haunted chat and, like, <laughs> his, history of vampires. And then at some point they were like, ah, fuck it. Um, uh, here's a haunted yeah. ship or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, history um, history built their brand in the last ten years off ancient aliens, and yes, absolutely. You know, travel Channel now is like, well, nobody goes to the Travel Channel to look up where they want to go this summer. You know, now they just use the internet. So the Travel Channel has totally embraced the paranormal, and it's you know paying off in dividends for them. <laughs> but here's what I will say: I do not believe in ghosts as specters. I am open to the idea, though, and this is where this is based scientifically on nothing. Uh, and I will not even defend it. I'm like, I know it's dumb. I know it's dumb, but it's how I feel. That there is, I think, the possibility, I don't know how many different ways I can like hedge this, that like if something is, like the the idea of like energy 
adhering to a place that if you go to a place and you're like, this is a bad place or this is a happy place mm. or the, and I, I, op- I believe that that's probably all completely, you know, in your head, all completely uh, psychological and not physical in any way. But there are places you go to where you're like, this place sucks. Like, this is bad. This is bad here. And I, I am uncomfortable and I do not like being here. And it might be completely psychosomatic, but uh, that that to me is the kind of thing where uh, I I I'm open to that idea. Yeah. But the idea that there's just like a ghost who pops up and it's just like, "Hey, I died on these stairs. Please don't walk through me." That to me is like, well, I don't I don't buy that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm you know maybe I don't I don't know if these like spirits of the dead are like remain, you know, keep their individuation. But yeah, you're right. It seems to be some sort of like a trauma loop or memory loop of an, 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 an energy that's left over that seems to be, you know, presenting itself, you know. Right. Because that's the thing is I've gone to places and be like, oh, I I hate it. I hate it here. And that's not to say everywhere I've gone where someone has said this place is haunted that I felt that way. But there are some places where you're like, I am very like I am just instantly uncomfortable walking in here and I do not enjoy this whatsoever. Well, let's unpack that for a minute. What do you think those bad vibes are? Well, usually it has to do like I, you know, okay. here's the thing. I think about it like um, like um, when I used to work at a theater, we would just like repaint the floor after every show was done. Right. And so anytime we would have to like do work on the floor, you peel it up and you would see like layers and layers and layers and layers of paint. Right. Wow. Yeah. And and so it was like a, a, you know, almost like the rings of a tree kind of thing in that way. And like that to me, I'm just like, if you, you know, uh, like go to, for example, an old mental hospital, right. Where people were not only poorly treated, but not like, treated for the things that they really needed i i it, like if you told me the amount the sheer amount of negative like things that happened there was enough to leave a trace of something i'm like sure yeah that i i don't know that yes absolutely that's not to say like i believe in like psychics or anything. i absolutely do not but the idea of it just being like this is a bad place where enough bad stuff happened that like it is like a lingering smell or uh you know a blood stain that you can't get out of fabric or something yeah. where it's just like yeah this place sucks no totally there's something to that right it's like the blood sweat and tears of our bodies can you know perhaps can contain some life on its own i mean i love that analogy of you know lifting up the paint on the the floorboards of a theater and you know probably there is you know the performer's blood sweat and tears and it and it could have a take on a life of its own or at least trigger the memory of uh, somebody who walks in there and goes i'm getting a, a bad vibe about this place right. you know I think people tend to be a receiver and uh, some people are more sensitive than others and they can possibly, you know, pick up on some of that. And like I said, now I will hedge again. I don't fucking know. But that is just, you know, the the kind of thing where I think that there are certain places and not they don't even have to be like abandoned haunted places. Right. I think there are certain places where you walk into and it's really hard to have a good attitude. You know, it's re- and whether that is like, you know, like sitting waiting for an airplane like at the gate 
Like, it's really hard to feel like, I'm so pumped that I'm here. Like, even if you're excited about the trip, you sit down and you're instantly, like, drained of all your energy. Like, <laughs> and maybe that's about the design of it or, the, like, the comfort level of the chairs or whatever. But, like, you know, I will say this. It's really hard. Okay. Here's what, let me walk it back a second, right? <laughs> if you are, to go back to theater, right? If you're performing a comedy in front of a full house, it's a lot easier to get laughs than if you are performing to like a half empty or more empty house, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have a room full of people and they're all like right next to each other, one person like chuckles a little bit and the next person feels that kind of spread of humor. Like, oh, I guess that was funny, right? And now more and more people are laughing and it's easier to like tip the the bucket into now everyone has exploded into laughter where if there's only a few people in the room it's really hard for that kind of feeling to be contagious and it takes a lot more to get people laughing because they feel like they're doing it all on their own right and so they're not having the same kind of psychic connection yep whether you think that is really happening or just psychosomatic they are not connecting on the same level Right. Unless, of course, it's uh, it's an acting class and these few people all have their heads laying on one another's bellies. Exactly. And the first person starts laughing. Then everyone just then has to everyone's laugh. Everybody <laughs> loses it. Or, I mean, to the same degree, right? It is the feeling of if you've ever been on an airplane, to talk about air travel again, but if you've ever been on an airplane that like has hit really bad turbulence or whatever, and you can feel everyone be relieved when you make it through and when it yeah. calms down. It's this big shared feeling, right? Of like, whoo, we all went through some together. We all shared that moment, right? So for me, it's just kind of taking that one step further where it's just like this feeling is kind of hanging in the air. This like a big group of people shared a thing uh, and then that kind of stayed, that feeling uh, just kind of hung around, right? And right. it's like, maybe that's complete bullshit, but like, and I don't know what the science behind that would possibly be. But when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Sure. I mean, it's just it's uh, it's this gives me the creep science. You know right. what I mean? Like, some, yeah. like you said, it just comes down to like sometimes you walk into a room and you're like, I do not like it in here. Right. <laughs> right. So what was your so was it was this oh, your funny real one. story? So well, that's okay. the real. All right. Well, so, why don't we take a quick break and we come back. We're going to hear the funny story. From Travis McElroy. All right, we're back from break. Travis? Yes. What's your funny paranormal story? So, uh, for my uh, part of my honeymoon, my wife and I, there's a, a castle here in Ohio called Ravenswood Castle. I believe it's Raven Ravenwood? Ravenswood Castle. And it's like full on in the middle of Hawking Hills, Ohio, a castle, like a four turret castle with like a surrounding storybook village uh, and like a caravan kind of thing that like look like, you know, old school, like cart caravan things. And they uh, once a month, I don't know if they still do them, but they were doing murder mysteries. And the way it was set up is someone will like. Someone has been killed, you know, and the murderer is one of the guests. And oh, it was this, yeah, and this this company, uh, who I believe was called the Shadow Hunters, uh, organized it. So it was like next level 
Satanist. Next level Satanist. Um, <laughs> it was top tier devil stuff. And like there were like, you know, on top of the murder mystery, there was also like a diamond hidden that you could find for bonus points and like uh, brain teasers all throughout the area you could find and, like maps you could solve and stuff. So there's all this stuff. And they were also different themed. So they'd done um, themes of like Doctor Who and uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff. So this particular one was zombie themed. And I believe that, yes, it was uh, like over the um, like October 31st to November 2nd weekend, I believe. And so uh, there was also a game going on where everybody started as humans, except there were like four zombies, right? And once the sun went down, if you were outside a building and got tagged by a zombie, you were turned into a zombie. Great. And if you were a zombie, you now moved slower, right? But you could move with impunity and attempt to bite other humans. So <laughs> once you once you were caught, you know, if another zombie came along, you're just like, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm also dead. Um, so it was night two. And on night one, uh, people were encouraged to like dress in costume and dress in character. So my wife and I, uh, new my brand new wife and I, uh, only married for like three weeks at that point. Uh, we went as a B movie director and a B movie starlet. Uh, so she Beautiful. was wearing these like three inch, four inch heels. So we started being chased by zombies. She was immediately caught, and I sacrificed <laughs> myself to be with her so we could both be zombies. Uh, which was, it was not my intention, but we did get bonus points for that because the people running it were like, that is very sweet. So we got bonus points, which was nice. So Unlocked by night two, hidden sweet, uh, sweet, uh, metal. Yeah. I had no idea. So by night two, I was a zombie, but I was still working with my team of friends, which included like my brother and my sister-in-law, uh, my older brother and my sister-in-law, Sydney, and like some of our friends. And, uh, the, the, the organizers had hidden, a limb, a rubber, you know, arm out in the woods that if the humans could find would help advance uh, the cure for zombieism research. Yeah. Uh, and get them bonus points, right? So I'm out in the woods trying to spot it so I can help my team win, even though I'm already a zombie. And at this point, it's about, I would say, probably one or two in the morning. In the middle of the woods, pitch black. The only light is like from you know the the lights of like at this point i was in like the caravan area so it's like the lights from the individual caravans right and i hear some rustling and i turn around and say like oh i'm already a zombie and what i see and remember i'm completely alone all by myself in the middle of the woods i see a werewolf what <laughs> and it is important to note that up until this point not only has there not been a werewolf in the story there has not been a werewolf in the weekend. That's a problem. So I see this werewolf and immediately turn and run as fast as I can through the pitch black woods. At one point, I even like clipped my shoulder on a tree and kept running um, yeah. and ran all the way back to the castle. Now, Travis, the how did you know this was a, a werewolf? What stage of werewolf was this in? Ah, here? Thank you for asking. Uh, wolf head. Okay. Torn shirt, human oh. body. Wow. Fairly classic and standing under like a single light bulb light that was on the caravan. So like framed mm. perfectly, spot lit perfectly. 
Um, uh, and I'd also been drinking a little bit. All important to know. Okay. Okay. And so, so you're, I, but you're staring at a garden variety Wolfman. That's pretty, a garden variety. Like yeah. your your right down the middle standard issue Wolfman. <laughs> and so I ran all the way back, slammed the the big castle door, and there's my wife and my sister in law Sydney, and I'm breathing so hard. It's probably the fastest I've ever run in my life. And they're like, "What's wrong?" And I explained that there was a werewolf in the woods, and my oh, wife. No. Ever uh, the practical person said, you mean like a guy in a mask? And I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, probably all things considered. Yes, <laughs> but you weren't there. Um, and so then the night continues on a little while. And Justin and I are in the back of the castle in the hedge maze looking for the arm. And I hear somebody yell, this oh, my fuck, a werewolf. <laughs> and I run back in the house again. And at this point, I ran faster than Justin, and I closed the door on him and locked it. And he was outside the glass door saying, please let me in. You're my brother. And I, <laughs> I yielded to that. That was good logic, and I did let him in. And then we locked it with two women still outside saying, you have to unlock us. And I said, no, there's a werewolf. Let me in. Let so, me in. This whole thing sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> right. And so then, uh, maybe at this point, 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, everyone has, has retired from search. I think the arm was found. And I was in like the castle tavern and a gentleman is having a, a beverage and he mentions that he was the werewolf in the woods. Mm. And I said, oh man, you scared the shit out of me by the caravans. And he said, oh, you were the one who ran completely silently through the woods. I had no idea where you went. And I said, oh. really? And he said, yes, everyone else screamed and I could follow them, but you were silent and you disappeared. Wow. <laughs> I was like, fuck yes. Take, <laughs> take note. <laughs> Done. Uh, Dude, that, you now you know you can you can beat a werewolf with with your silent powers. Well, it is. It, here's the thing, right? I I now have an experience that I would wager most people do not, and probably will never, which is that feeling of you know when you're watching a horror movie, a monster movie, and the monster appears, right? And you're like, get out of there! What are you doing? Get out! I would fucking get out of there, right? Like there is no the the speed. That went like before my brain even fully registered werewolf. I think my feet were moving. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. there was no hesitation. It was just running, and, and so, there was no like Bill. Bill, is that you? I was fucking. You're gone. gone. You're out of there, and you're not I, panting heavy. You're not screaming, so no. you're not giving a trace to follow. I wasn't looking behind me. So I smart. wasn't where I, I. I if I I hit a tree, bruised my shoulder. Woke up with a big bruise on my shoulder the next day. Didn't stop me. Right. Like there was no amount of anything that was going to stop me from getting away from this werewolf. I'm and just picturing your feet silently, like dodging be between the, the, the leaves on the ground. Yes. So you don't make a yeah. sound. Ab yeah. Absolutely. This was like October in the woods in Ohio. There were leaves everywhere. And I was as fleet footed as one could possibly be. Those and like, backwoods, West Virginia instincts yeah. just came. It, really was, it was like every piece of nine year old Travis that was like, wouldn't it be scary if I turned around and there's a werewolf was like, uh -oh. I've been preparing for this all my fucking life. I want to see <laughs> Like a scene in a monster movie where, like, maybe Jason's totally perplexed. He's like, I was, he was where right he? there. I scared huh. him. And then he was just fucking gone. That's I'm, so I'm going to go kill these people smooching who aren't paying attention to do a goddamn thing. <laughs> They're kissing so loudly. I know where to find them.
I would, I would, I now I would like someone to make a monster movie where one character just bolts all like is gone and it's like well yeah we have the you know the last woman who survived and also this person who first, always just ran the first guy there's the final yeah. girl and there's the you're the first guy he runs away and he never comes he's never back in the he's movie never back but you're pretty sure he lived right because we didn't see him die right yeah. it was just like he ran and maybe there's a post-credit scene where he gets a call from the last girl and she's like are you okay and he's like oh yeah i ran eight miles <laughs> Now, Travis, you said they awarded points. Is that what they used to determine a, a, a winner of this murder mystery or or this this cast? Well, was there like a prize cage or they, they, what they did is at the end there were many different prizes for different categories. Mm. My my team uh, both won for being not only the first but the only ones to solve the murder, and we had the highest point total. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And the fastest, quietest runner. <laughs> And and they were just like, and the werewolf couldn't get him. And so now he has the, the main prize, survival. Uh, I love it. That's a fantastic story, Travis. Uh, there's a game that we like to play with all of our guests. I think I know how this might go, but you know what? Uh, Bryce, we always have surprises. You never we? know. You can't uh, predict. I'm going to go down a list of phenomenon. And if you're open to it, you're going to say, believe it. If you really believe it, say, believe it as well. If you're not open to it or you completely disbelieve it, you're going to say bullshit. Those are your two choices. Bullshit or believe it. Because this is can a I, game. Can that I like. emphasize, like, believe it super hard if it's like, oh, yeah. believe it. Right. Please, sure. yeah. All intonation variables, please, you know, if you're on the fence or whatever. Uh, regardless, this is a game called... Bullshit or believe it. All right, Travis McElroy, on your mark. Okay. Get set. Mm-hmm. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Believe it. Little gray aliens. Bullshit. Out of body experiences. Bullshit. Demonic possession. Bullshit. The Bermuda Triangle. Believe it? Alien abductions. Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Believe it. Time travel. Mm, believe it. Mothman. Believe it. Reincarnation. Mm. Uh, believe it? <laughs> ESP. Bullshit. Haunted houses. Believe it? The Illuminati. Bullshit. There's a face on Mars. Bullshit. Skunk ape. Uh, believe it. Sea serpents. Believe it. Poltergeists. Mm, bullshit. Chupacabra. Believe it. Atlantis. Mm. Believe it. Heaven. Bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. Parallel dimensions. Believe it. The apocalypse. Bullshit. Life after death. Bullshit. Wow. Well done, wow. man. That was, that was a really good one. Yeah. Thank totally. you. It's tough. It's tough because some of those is like not in the form you're thinking of, right? But, it's yeah. how I would normally know? answer it. You know what I mean? Like, no. But maybe, but it's all it's all dependent on the user. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't know how I'm thinking yeah. of it. If there well, was exactly, an right? award, you would have won it. That's why it's so hard because I just want to like say like, well, here's my like. This is what I would believe about, right? 
<sighs> well, let's unpack some of those. So time travel, you were for sure believe it. Well, so yeah, the thing is, is like time travel, especially more than when you talk about things like demonic possession or poltergeist or whatever, time travel is scientifically, theoretically possible, right? Like there, there is lots of uh, science and math to back up how one could do it. The, the tricky thing is like, could it ever be possible I don't know, right? It, right. Like, mm. But then again, there's also like things that if you told someone in like 1750 that I would be able to pick up, you know, a, a hunk of something and talk to somebody 3,000 miles away or even better, see them 3,000 miles away, I would have said that's magic and you're a wizard, right? Like that it is we are constantly improving our our technolo technology so the idea of saying of like well theoretically this is possible but there's no way we could ever like that i think is like a matter of time until we figure it out i actually had an idea recently of like a way time travel might be possible let's uh, talk let's talk shit let's go let's do well, this so this was my thought if rather than traveling through time, we could determine a way to observe time. If we think about like light as really being what all observation as far as like seeing is right. So when we talk about traveling through time, we're trying to overcome the speed of light so that we will be able to move uh, beyond the time like period we are in and either step out of the time frame and step back in at an earlier point or at a later point. Right? right. And that is very difficult to do because you would have to create a vessel that could overcome almost infinite friction from approaching the speed of light. So then what if instead we focused on a way to observe the light as it traveled at mm. different points instead of, you know, we talk about like any broadcast or light that is sent out never stops moving. It just moves beyond where we are able to observe it. Right. So when That's... we look at stars in the sky, those stars might be hundreds of thousands of years old and already burned out. Right, right. But the light is just now reaching us. That sort of reminds me. Have you seen Devs? Did you watch Devs on no. Hulu? All right. I don't want to say too much, but there's sort of sort of a quantum version of that yeah. in that show that's really fascinating. So check it out. It's good. Yeah, there's also another book. There's a book that I read years ago. I can't remember the author's name called Time Travel in Einstein's Universe. I have that book sitting on my shelf, dude. Wow. Get out of town. That yeah. book is amazing because I really it's the only time I ever understood the theory of relativity. Yes. And then I only understood it as I was reading it. And as soon as I was done, like it all left my brain. I well, was like, there's I'm a, there's clearly a, too stupid to, to retain all of this. There's a book called Einstein's Dreams by Alan Lightman. Um, that is just a series of like very, very short stories about like, imagine a town where time works like this, right? Imagine a town where time works like this. And it is all about like relativity and all, but like told in story form. So like, for example, there's one town where it's like the epicenter of the town, the center of the town, time does not move at all. And as you like move away from that, time gets a little bit faster, right? Every step you take away from it. So, like, as one approaches the center of town, you will see, like, parents holding children that they do not want to grow up or lovers who never want to separate moving uh -huh. towards the center. 
right as as they get slower and slower towards the center and uh there's also like a story in there about like a, a a world in which they have realized that the higher you are the slower time moves off of the ground. So the rich are like constantly trying to build their houses on higher and higher stilts, right. To try to stay younger, but never actually like participating in life. They're just trying to get higher and higher. So they stay younger while the people on the ground may not live as long, but they're able to like take walks together and enjoy the sunrise and all that kind of thing. Whoa. I got to read that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really cool. It's the kind of thing I read that I think in like high school, and like it stayed with me so long that I like bought the book again as an adult and just like occasionally we'll like pick it up and read a story out of it. Cause it's all like different meditations on like time. Well, it's uh, such it's a really great meditation because it's like, I think it's still a, an exploration that needs to be explored like that of consciousness. You know I mean? We yeah. still just don't completely understand it, especially time. You know, your kind of version of what time travel might be reminds me of those sort of fairy circles that people get caught in. And, and what's one day to us here in the, in the regular 3d dimension on earth, it's like, you know, 50 years have passed in, in fairy world. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing, right? It, so much of everything is about observation, um, and like observable time versus, uh, uh, like you know, like objective time versus subjective time, of just like how much time really exists and like how long is a dream, like that kind of thing. You know, it's like is that dream one second or was it a year mm. in dream time or whatever, like that kind of shit. You know, where who the fuck knows? Trippy. As a uh, West Virginia boy, you uh, knew uh, about Mothman, one of, of the few I guests. Did. Well, uh, here's the thing. The thing about cryptids is I am unwilling to say no to pretty much any cryptid as an exit. Uh, like, because the thing is, is we there are already in the world, like, these animals that are so endangered, right, that there's, like, something like 3,000 tigers left in the wild, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So imagine someone born today who never learned about tigers who sees a tiger for the first time and like what the fuck is that right like and so the idea of saying there's no way this creature exists now or ever existed is like man i don't know there's some crazy wild shit in the museum that i never would have believed until i saw it yeah like i think about the okapi right the okapi Mm -hmm. was believed to be a cryptid forever because someone was like you saw what get out of here until like they captured one alive and they're like oh shit this is real so it's always hard for me to be like this is nothing well i think it happens more than yes they we thought were it was extinct and giant squid silverback gorilla i mean giant panda the list goes on and on i think it happens more than people realize um, I, I think, you know, we obviously think the world has mostly been explored and that there's no large animals left to be discovered. But uh, and while that's, you know, mostly true, I think there's still some things out there to be discovered. The air, the, the place where I try to land on pretty much all of this stuff, uh, except for like life after death and heaven and hell, because um, I think <laughs> I think that those things distract from the life that we are living now and our ability to interact with each other and make the world better. If you're so focused on what comes after you're not trying to make this place a better place. And that sucks. Um, and so yeah, it's also a method to be, tell people to suck it up and suffer because right. they'll, things will be better when or they're the, dead. the way you choose to do something is better than the way they choose to do it because your way gets you into heaven and theirs doesn't. That sucks. Um, and so, but uh, most of the stuff is 
I am of the opinion of like, I don't know that I believe that, but if somebody came to me and said, hey, we have evidence, I don't want to be the person who's like, well, I refuse to accept your evidence because I've decided I don't believe it. Right. I think that's very fair. You got to you got to keep open minded to some degree on on life in general. Right. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. This next story of high strangeness may just serve as a warning. As I recently received an email from a listener of the podcast, the listener writes, Hey guys, big fan of the podcast, hoping to listen to it while taking a road trip next week with the fam. This quarantine has taken its toll on us and we're looking to get some fresh air. Thought we'd head to Arizona and check out the Grand Canyon and do some camping in the surrounding area. Hopefully no monsters there that can get us. <laughs> Keep up the great work, Dave. Ha <laughs> ha, Dave? Ha <laughs> ha? Well, I'm sorry to report, but you may want to rethink your little road trip. That is unless you're hoping to encounter a wild, vicious, hairy, eight-foot-tall, bipedal, club-wielding predator known as the Magoyan Monster. A creature that would seem to blur the lines between Bigfoot, a wild man of the woods, and what the indigenous peoples of the area refer to as a skinwalker. A shape-shifting phantom damned by the spirits to roam the woods. For this is the true tale of the Magoyan Monster. The creature gets its name from the Magoyan Rim, a geological feature cutting across the northern half of Arizona. It extends approximately 200 miles starting in northern Yavapi County and running eastward, ending near the border with New Mexico. It forms the southern edge of the Colorado Plateau in Arizona, but don't let the beauty of this place fool you. It's a vast and rugged wilderness with death and danger lurking around every corner. The Magoyan Monster is reported to be a bipedal humanoid over seven feet tall with inhuman strength and large eyes that some claim to be wild and red. Its body is said to be covered with long black or reddish brown hair with the exclusion of the chest, face, hands and feet. Reports claim it has a strong and pungent odor described as that of a dead fish, a skunk with bad body odor, decaying peat moss, and the musk of a snapping turtle, an exclusive cologne that BCC is feverishly trying to replicate. Now the creature is omnivorous, nocturnal, and very violent. It is generally reported to walk with wide, inhumane strides, leaving behind footprints measuring 22 inches in length. It's said to be able to produce or mimic the sounds of the wilderness it inhabits, including whistles, bird sounds, coyotes, and other animals. The creature is said to use these skills as it explores campsites during the night, curiously searching for its next meal, which it is said to consume by decapitating them. To give you a little context, Michael would like to read to you a quote from someone who may know a thing or two about carnivorous primate behavior. Chimpanzees nearly always eat meat slowly, usually chewing leaves with each new mouthful as though to savor the taste for as long as possible. Often, too, I saw them actually licking the branches of the tree where the kill had touched them or where drops of blood presumably had fallen. Jane Goodall, In the Shadow of Man. Reports of this large and predatory man-like beast go back to the days of the first settlers of the area, 
In 1903, the creature was seen near the Grand Canyon by an explorer and hunter named I.W. Stevens, whose story made the Williams News and the Arizona Republic. According to Stevens, he came across the creature as it was hunched over a dead cougar, eating its innards. I saw a man with long white hair and a matted beard that reached his knees, face seared and burned brown by the sun, with fiery green eyes. He wore no clothing, and upon his talon-like fingers were claws at least two inches long. A coat of gray hair nearly covered his body, with here and there a patch of dirty skin showing. He later stated that the beast somehow sensed his intrusion and reared up to its full height of around seven to eight feet tall, threw its hands in the air, one of them wielding a giant club of sorts, and screamed the wildest, most unearthly scream. Stevens reported he was charged by the beast, club in hand, but as he was about to shoot it with his rifle, it stopped, distracted by a mountain lion on a ledge above, giving Stevens the few precious seconds he needed to retreat back to his boat, where he noticed the creature had returned to its meal. When Stevens yelled at the creature from the safety of his boat, he said it fled up the rock ledges, flourished his club again, and screamed. Stevens returned to his camp, then home to Colorado, where he threw himself into researching the origin of what he had just seen, this wild man of the rocks. As he put it, Stevens told the news. Uh, this I'm just real quick going to interject here. It's weird to me that this dude had this gun trained on this thing and then didn't shoot. He should just say, I missed. Okay. <laughs> Tradition records that years ago, hostile locals captured three men, bound them to logs far up the canyon, and cast them adrift upon the swollen river. It may be that this wild creature is one of those unfortunate men who, by chance, freed himself and escaped death, but was made insane by his awful experience. Stevens wasn't the only one to encounter the beast. A man by the name of Don Davis, amateur cryptozoologist, said he saw the monster during a Boy Scout camping trip near Payson in 1944. As the little club scouts were sleeping in their tents, something not too far off in the distance emitted a terrible scream. Startled, the campers woke, but it was when they heard something rummaging through their campsite that fear began to wash over them. In that moment, the entire area was hit by a pungent odor that permeated the air and made some of them gag. When David looked outside of the tent, he says he was confronted with the sight of a creature the likes of which he had never seen before or since. The creature was huge. Its eyes were deep set and hard to see, but they seemed expressionless. His face seemed pretty much devoid of hair, but there seemed to be hair along the sides of his face. His chest, shoulders, and arms were massive, especially the upper arms, easily upwards of six inches in diameter, perhaps much, much more. I could see he was pretty hairy, but didn't observe really how thick that body hair was. The face and head was very square. Square sides and squared up chin, like a box. Don, do you need a second to catch your breath there? Uh, I, I just got, I <laughs> how did you guys get Harry Carey to come and record that? It's incredible. <laughs> and just in case you thought 
Well, Bryce, these are old reports. That creature can't possibly alive today, can it? A recent sighting was given to the site Cryptozoology News by a 28-year-old woman by the name of Y. Estevez, who says she encountered it while hiking along the Canyon Point Trail of the Magoyan Rim. As she made her way along the trail, she noticed a massive brute that looked like a troll. Crouched down, drinking from a pool of water, she would state... It was on its knees, drinking water when I found it. Drinking, making noises like a pig. So at first sight, the animal looked like a pig to me. I figured it was just a pig. Kind of hairy, though, which seemed a little odd for a hog. As soon as I made a little noise, the animal turned its head and looked directly at me. Now that's when I freaked out. He was staring at me, just like what you do with cougars. They always tell you to make yourself look bigger and to get very loud. And in theory, the animal will leave. So I started making noise and moving my arms up and down. The creature gets off its forelegs and stands on its hind legs. It has long hair, gray and bluish, and I swear it looked like one of those trolls from a fairy tale. Ugly stuff. The face was human looking, no hair on it, but full of bumps. The eyes were kind of a brown red, thick, big nose, small lips, no expression on its face at all. It then took off running like a person. From now on, I'll make sure I don't hike alone, at least not around here. So, Dave, listener of the podcast and road tripper thinkerer about her, heed my warning, for tales like the Mongolian monster are only hoax and hallucination until you encounter such a horrid beast at your campsite. A beast who languidly chews your flesh and sucks the marrow from your bones, not for survival, but for pleasure. And that's the story of the Mongolian monster. Well, there it is. What do you think these people are seeing, Travis? I mean, how would you explain this? Big monkey. (laughs) Just big monkey. Probably just Just, a big monkey. Just a big Arizona monkey. Just a big monkey. Probably just one of those big canyon monkeys you read about. Yeah. You know. Obviously. Makes sense to me. It's a big monkey. (laughs) It's either that... Or the last Cro-Magnon. It's one of those two. You know? Yeah. yeah, that last lady's description, that made me think it was a wild man. It was like somebody who grew up out in the wilderness, M- M- Mowgli style. Yeah. And was like, had a lot, you know, just like lives kind of like a, a wild animal. Now, but what about Big Monkey? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I mean, you know, we get reports of Bigfoot-like creatures all across the continental United States, but, you know, rare is the report that says one was wielding a club. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like Michael says, this one sort of sits on the edges of, uh, obviously, you know, it, it's very much described like a Bigfoot, but it also sort of mixes that between a, a wild man in the woods, especially with that you know, sort of troll-like uh, description that uh, Y. Estevez gave. It's very strange. I it could, also be, a, a it could also be a big monkey that picked up a club. Do you ever think about <laughs> that? Sure. Has no, anyone absolutely. checked any local zoos to see no, if any big right. monkeys have gotten out? <laughs> Though that said, it's a very specific description, and I'm sure that if a zoo was missing a monkey and heard that, they'd be like, well, that's our monkey. That's our giant stinky monkey. Oh, that's just clubby. He likes getting out of his cage, grabbing the nearest club he can find, and drinking water like a pig. 
I do like, by the way, that uh, I like in, in Wise uh, Count how many times she says, one, the word pig, but then yeah. also when she says, uh, which was weird for a hog. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure if I saw a pig covered in the hair, I'm like, I don't know much, but that's not right. A very important point. She uh, she sought to get across, I think, and did so yeah. well. You know how you see a pig and normally not covered in hair? <laughs> yeah. Or if it is, it's very thin. If she had found a pig that was like a really furry, hairy pig, that would have been a real discovery. That's a find right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's your instinct say, Bryce? You did all this research. What's your gut tell you? I don't know, man. It's uh, it's very strange. It seems to be, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out the the true nature of what Bigfoot is. So this seems. Oh, he's to... a big monkey. Yeah, <laughs> big monkey, big monkey, big monkey. They, here's the secret: they're all big monkeys. Loch Ness monster, <laughs> underwater monkey, underwater uh, monkey. Yeah, Mothman, flying monkey, flying monkey, Spring Hill Jack, jumping monkey. <laughs> I want I just want a cryptozoologist to come around to like, you know, somebody sighting is like, oh yeah, that was a bat monkey. What? Yeah. No, no, what? I didn't bat I didn't squatch. describe monkey at all. No, listen to me now. Bat monkey. And listen to me, friend. I've been in this game for 50 years. <laughs> it's always a monkey. It's always a monkey. <laughs> always a monkey. And if it ain't, then that means you lying. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't uh, a monkey? Uh, then I know. You're telling untruths. <laughs> Don't you come around here spitting untruths. I went to Go Yale. I went to Yale. I majored in bananas. That's how I know. I'm a big monkey, all I'm right? A I'm, a, <laughs> all I'm a monkey. Time. I'm a smart monkey. I'm a smart big monkey. Isn't that just man when you think about it? Just a smart big monkey? Uh, or how smart is man, Travis? How oh, smart is man uh pretty Travis smart Metford. i mean no well we have like cars and computers and stuff that's true that's fair enough fair enough i mean smarter than a normal monkey i guess i feel Book pretty smart. comfortable Book Book smart. smart but how smart really <laughs> how smart in the heart of man are we uh travis that that wraps up another episode of bigfoot collectors club thank you so much for being a guest you are a true delight uh we don't know where to find big monkeys but where can people find you well, you can find big monkeys at the zoo um, <laughs> or Grand Canyon. Uh, you can find a lot of my stuff at uh, dot. Well, that's not it. Hold on. That's an old one. What am I talking about? McElroy.family is where all the McElroy projects are. If you go to McElroyPodcastBook.com, which why aren't you already there, you can pre-order the new uh, how-to guide of podcasting written by me and my brothers, Justin and Griffin. It's called Everybody Has a Podcast Except You. It's going to be coming out in January. Uh, it is going to teach you, it is a very practical guide that will teach you how to make a podcast that you are proud of. Uh, everything from coming up with an idea to publishing to monetizing. Uh, so if you want to check that out, com, and you can pre-order it there. Amazing. Bryce, I think we might need to. We read should that read book. that book. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. It's very good. Definitely, definitely need to check it out. Uh, fantastic, Bryce. Uh, how is uh, what do people need to know about Dirty Picture Cover Up? Yes, go to uh, thedpcugame.com. Sign up. Pre-sales are going to start in just a few weeks. Actually, by the time this may come out, about another week. So, go there, give us your email, and be the first to to get the first edition of DPCU the game. 
Fantastic. And you can follow us at Bigfoot Pod on Twitter, at Bigfoot Collectors Club, on Instagram for pictures. Maybe we'll throw up a picture of that tattoo, Travis, if you don't mind. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and then please do us a favor. Go to Apple Podcasts. Click five stars. Give us a nice little review if you do. Here's a quick one. Uh, we'll read it on the show. This is from Sarah T. Bella. She says, cutest, spookiest boys. Five stars. I love this pod so much. The hosts are great and know their stuff. Just delightful. See, it can be that easy and it helps us uh you know helps the show find new listeners like you uh once again i want to thank travis mcelroy for joining the show please go check out all of his work the adventure zone this new podcast book that i need to read uh until next time everyone good night and go get regressed Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.